You are now tuned into anything potable. The most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital. Like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even? Your team gon' be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season, champion contenders. We drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. Your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year, banner 12 plus 6 here. Fast PP. Top rookie, I'm saying it now. Ain't playing around with Tate. Fournier. We off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date. You heard? <laughs> AJ, I, I see you, man. She. Welcome to Alex the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, and a little bit of a special episode today as Jason Tatum goes for 50 and the Boston Celtics beat the Washington Wizards in the first round of the play-in game. Jay and I were joined by Ben Standig and Fred Katz from The Athletic and the podcast Wizards After Dark. It was a crossover episode. It was a conversation live from the TD Garden where the Bull Gang was fully in session. So if you hear things in the background, that is what's going on. But the four of us discussed the entire Celtics Wizards game, Jason Tatum's 50 point performance, and everything else, every other angle from the game. And so here is that conversation between Fred Katz, Bed Standig, Jay King, and I on Anything is Potable. We're joined now by Fred Katz of The Athletic and Ben Standig to get the Wizards perspective on what was a huge night from Jason Tatum. He scores 50 points and leads the Celtics to a win. In the first round of the play-in tournament, uh, they will now be playing. The Celtics will now be playing the Brooklyn Nets, and the Wizards will move on and play on Thursday night the Indiana Pacers. So, Jay, you're here with me in the TD Garden to see that Jason Tatum performance live in person. What was your impression from him and from this game as a whole? The first half, it felt just like the Celtics were cursed, as they have been all season. Marcus Smart went down. He limped off. Robert Williams went down. He limped off. And Williams came back and played for a second. Marcus Smart came back and played for the whole game. But after halftime, they just kind of found a new energy. And it was it was with Tatum. It started with Tatum and Kemba. And then Tatum just continued. It was a ridiculous shot-making shot performance. A very, very committed effort by him to get to the free throw line and get to the rim. And I just thought the Wizards had no answers for him, and that ended things. Yeah, the Wizards really struggled, especially in the second half, especially uh, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal just could not match the scoring output. Fred, what do you think of the Wizards' performance and how they kind of reacted to Tatum going off? Yeah, I mean, Rui Hachimura's foul trouble just killed them. He's their only guy who can defend a big wing, who has any amount of length. And when he's just – I mean, he had 5,010 minutes of play. Like when he is just struggling to that degree to stay on the floor, they're, they're in serious trouble. So now they're putting all these smalls on Tatum. They don't want to double him. They kind of try to trap him on a few plays. It doesn't work out great. They never really have one consistently – 
a consistent strategy that they're trying to execute on Tatum and it all unravels. I mean, Westbrook was 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 really weird in the game, right? Ben, I mean, he was he was unbelievably strange, especially in the second half. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you can point to on the micro level, like Hachimura's foul trouble, like Fred said, Davis Bertans, you know, he, he, maybe he was being defended by Jay King or something because he looked terrible, he couldn't get any shots to even close. If he was defended by me, he would have had a fun night. <laughs> I, was try- I was trying to be nice. Uh, so, like, you know, all those types of things, Scott Brooks rotations kind of drive me crazy to various degrees. And, look, Bradley Beal's obviously limited, although I think he was uh, – reasonable enough considering the injury but this team over the course of the whole season they have gone with Westbrook's energy for better or for worse the beginning of the year he wasn't close to 100% they were bad the last five weeks he's been an all-nba player they've been really good and he whatever whatever else he's doing he always brings the energy and he was not that guy tonight and I feel like they played to various degrees off of him it's a big responsibility but it is what what has been the case and he wasn't that guy at all tonight do you have any explanation for why that was? It really didn't feel like he was attacking the basket at all until probably like the game was uh, out of sorts. It, the Celtics came out and with a huge run, I think a 17 to two run to start the third quarter. And it felt like the wizards never matched that energy. And that's just not something I was expecting from this team that Fred, you've written a lot about and how hot they've been playing over the past 20 games. Uh, I was just kind of surprised. Bradley Beal was hurt. The one leg bandit as he wants to be called. Uh, but I just what did he shot- steal, by the way? What did he steal that turned him into the one like bandit? I'm not sure. Maybe he's just an outlaw, uh, but he, he was not dominant tonight, not nearly as dominant as Tatum, but I was just surprised to see the Wizards, who you've talked about having like kind of that Duende, that energy in the last couple of uh, 20 games. They just didn't seem like they had it tonight, and uh, I, I was kind of surprised to have the, see them come out flat. Yeah, they were really flat. Um, Sam, can I ask her what is the construction that's going on at the arena right now? Right now, the Bull Gang, the Bull Gang is uh, putting up the ice for the Bruins Capital Series. Game three should be coming soon. So, uh, what's yeah, the just... score of that series? I'm not a big hockey guy. One one. Ooh, ooh. Well, we so got we got, got Washington, Washington versus Boston and everything. I didn't even realize. Yeah. I literally didn't, didn't even know. I follow Capitals people on Twitter. That's the only reason I knew. <laughs> I had no clue. Uh, but that's interesting. T- tonight, Celtics-Wizards gave me flashbacks to the Kelly Olynyk game. And and that game seven where he went wild. And then Ish Smith started started going off in the second quarter. And I was like, oh, it's, it's going to be the Ish Smith game. Ish Smith always seems to kill the Celtics. He kind of took control of that game for a little while in the second quarter. I The Celtics, like, they did not look good in that second quarter. They went into halftime, and it was trouble time. Like, Marcus Smart was hobbling around. Robert Williams had just left the court. And they come back on the court, and Kemba and Tatum just kind of took things over. It was – Tatum had 23 points in the third quarter. Kemba had – I'm not sure, but it was a, a, a fat margin, too – and and that's kind of what they're going to need moving forward. I think they they need those guys to do a huge amount of scoring with Jalen Brown out, and they're going to rely on those guys. Like Tatum played, what was it, forty something, forty one minutes, and that's with coming out early before the game was over. 
So they're going to just need him so, so much. They're going to lean on him so, so much. And he won't score 50 every night, but if he can hunt out switches and kind of do what he did, I thought that was what differentiated it from a lot of his, his games in the regular season. Like he was hunting down mismatches and he was going at guys and he was trying to get by guys. And he doesn't try to do that every night, like at least not with the same relentlessness. 17 yeah. free throw attempts, like that was just different than what he normally does. Look, there were possessions where, again, the Wizards just don't have a big, they guarded him with smalls all night. And or so there were possessions for a little while. Yeah. So there are possessions where like Westbrook was is on great. him. And when you're, <laughs> when you're as tall as Tatum and you're as good of a shooter as Tatum and you got Russell Westbrook on you, the temptation can be, I'm just going to shoot over him. And and my guess, I don't know this, my guess is that their hope was that by putting Smalls on Tatum, they figure maybe we can just get him to settle. Maybe he won't actually attack and he'll try to shoot over these guys and he'll miss some jumpers because him attacking Bertans is they figure probably a lot worse than him settling for a jumper over Westbrook. And he just said, no way. I mean, I just thought he read the game gorgeously tonight with like Westbrook gets on him and he's like, screw it. I'm going to the rim and Beal is on him and Beal is just moving like, like a, like a one-legged bandit, but like a one-legged <laughs> bandit who gets caught while he's running out of the bank because he can't run from the police because he's one-legged. What's better, and, the one-legged bandit or the sticky bandits <laughs> or the wet bandits? The last two sound like disgusting innuendo, so definitely the one-legged bandit. Are you not a Home Alone guy, Fred? I was going to say that the, the Wizards are going to be home alone after Thursday if they don't uh, play a lot better than this game. Uh, the Pacers kicked the Hornets' ass. That was a surprising one to me. Like, the Hornets went through all season without ever laying an egg. Like, they were the team that outplayed everyone in every game during the regular season and then get to the play-in tournament. And just get waxed. I did not see that coming. Not so, by the Pacers, at least. So, so to that end, right? The Hornets are a young team. There's, you know, Hayward out. That this is like a big. It's not the playoffs, but it's like the big step for where these guys are. Lamelo Ball's first game, all that. The Wizards. Westbrook's played every big game there was. So unless he's hurt, that's what's so weird. Is like fine. You shoot three for twenty, whatever. If that happened, okay, that happens. But to to not have. The energy collectively, I mean, he's not, it wasn't just him, but like I said, it just feels like so much starts with him that that was the part that that was so weird. But can I just point to one thing? Scott, as Fred knows, Scott Brooks's rotations drive me insane. He, here's a per, per, perfect example. Like I would play Garrison Matthews over Chandler Hutchinson pretty much all the time. He's just, he's a, he can really shoot Hutchinson. I don't really know if he does anything particularly well, but the one thing he is, is an athletic wing at a minimum, right? So in the first half, he Brooks plays Hutchinson because this is what he keeps doing, which just to, I think just to annoy me. Then in the second half, when Tatum can't be stopped and they don't know what to do, he has Matthews in the game instead of the other guy who at least athletically maybe could do something. That is the epitome to me of what drives me crazy. He got it up wrong on both ends, and I'm not saying it would have stopped Tatum at all or done anything, but it's the little things like that when you, when everything is not going right, you need your coach to help fill in the gap and it's stuff like that to me. He didn't do that. The the Tatum thing, like I thought Alex Len was really like really did a good job deterring Tatum right at the start. Like there were two or For three the drives. First six minutes. Two like, or three drives in the first few minutes where Alex Len was there at the rim and really forced Tatum into some stuff that he didn't want to do. 
And then from that point, like the Celtics just kind of figured that out and figured out. And maybe it was just that the the perimeter guys weren't playing good enough defense. The Rui foul trouble was and the Gafford foul trouble. You want to stop guys at the rim, you put Daniel Gafford in, and he's got three fouls in six minutes, and that's his big thing. He he fouls too much, and you know Brooks left him in there with two in the first quarter. I don't know. You know, Brooks Brooks tends to be pretty aggressive about leaving guys in when they have two fouls in the first quarter. And and I think he actually normally reads the situation pretty well. Like if Beal's got two fouls, if there's a guy who historically doesn't foul very much, he's pretty good at leaving his guys in there, even when the game says you take them out, you know, based on the the normal, you know, two fouls in the first, three fouls in the second, et cetera. And he left Gafford in with, with two fouls in the first, and I just didn't. I don't know. He fouls so much that it's really hard to justify leaving him in there with two fouls. And he picks up his third and then he's just out and, and you already don't start him. You already don't play him against the best players and he's their best center. And you're already playing him 16 minutes or whatever. And now you're really hamstringing what you're able to do when Gafford's not able to play. He's, he's your most explosive center and your, your best center. And, you know, Wizards Twitter loses its mind about Alex Len starting and Gafford not starting. And it's it's one thing not to start with him, but uh, you know, when he gets into the that foul trouble, it's just it was that was another thing that was just a huge, a huge problem for them. There were three for twenty-one from three, by the way. That is, I would say, the major reason, uh, the biggest problem for them. I was surprised that the Wizards and Berton's over seven after he shot the lights out for like months. Bradley Beal had a quote tonight where he said, and you know, Beal, Beal did make, he made a good point. You know, he, he made the point where it's not just the three, it's also the 21. Like they were only able to take 21 threes in this game and they're not a good three point shooting team at all, but 21 is very few. And, and Beal had a quote, which I liked, which was, uh, if, if I could ever find the quote, uh, he said, uh, at one point I looked up, I think we shot only 11 and they shot like 32 threes. So that was crazy. And in what it's in and of itself, it's a crazy analytic thing. The more you shoot, the more you make. So, so there you go. That crazy analytic thing that the more Bradley Beal is filled with gems tonight. <laughs> I do like that one. The more you shoot, the more. that was how I lived my life. I didn't even realize this until right now that the Celtics just shot 39.6% from the field. Like it, it did not seem like that, and I think it was hugely important for them that Tristan Thompson had six offensive rebounds, and they all seemed to come at pretty key moments. Um, like he he grabbed a lot of misses. Seemed like the Celtics had like they were really crashing the glass. Aaron Neesmith did it. Marcus Smart did it. Um, they were crashing the glass from the corners, and they had fourteen offensive rebounds. Their offensive rebound rate was twenty eight, which is pretty high a lot of offensive rebounds for the wizards too most of them by westbrook i guess um but i i thought that keeping possessions alive was huge for the celtics and then three the three-point discrepancy when you have 15 made threes to three for the wizards and 45 attempts to 21 like that's just in the modern nba a really difficult deficit to overcome the, the nba is about the nba nowadays is about extra points it is the extra point that you get from shooting a three and the extra points you get by shooting free throws. And the 
if you total up your threes and your free throws, the Wizards had 20 extra points on those from three and from the line. And the Celtics had 42. And there is your difference. And that is how you win a game while shooting 39.6% from the field. It's just, you know, you got it. If you can't get to the line and you can't shoot threes, is you're just not playing good offense. I wonder, I got to check right now while we're on the podcast, how many games the Celtics won this season while shooting less than 40%. They did not do that very often. I'll tell you that they, much. They lost two games against the Heat at the towards the end of the season where they shot over 50%. I was actually surprised. I couldn't tell if it was the Celtics defense playing well or the Wizards offense just having nothing at all because there were some stretches there where uh, Bradley Beal scored some points. Definitely there was the Ish Smith run. But I was surprised that the Celtics were able to hold up with Tristan Thompson in the game. I thought it was soon as Robert Williams went out. The Celtics have really struggled, especially their offense uh, when Robert Williams didn't play. But I thought Thompson had a pretty solid um, second half. And it really, on the Wizards' side, I don't think they ever found a center who worked for them just because you mentioned Gafford's foul trouble. Robin Lopez, as much as I love him and his goofy hook shots, like I just don't think he was the answer for them. And obviously Alex Incredible Len, goofy hook shots, though. Man. He had finally missed one, which was I was, was shocking to see. But I thought this, the Wizards really had an opportunity to kind of punish the Celtics for having Tristan Thompson on the court. They did so in the first half. Tristan Thompson was not great, uh, especially in that second quarter. But it didn't really seem like that mattered at all uh, in the second half where it was all Jason Tatum and, and a little bit of Kemba Walker. Ben, ben you say something. You're sitting there silently. Give me the stand. Give me the standing thought of the game. I mean, like I said, I think I'm over, being overly simplistic, but to me. You can't stand. Dig yourself a hole in the third quarter. Oh, that's just terrible. Boom. Um, I mean, like I said, I just think, okay, like this is, uh, hopefully this example works. You know how like you see sometimes a, a team, when, when you have like a, a team with a great score, the opposing team might say, look, we're going to let the one guy get his points. We're going to prevent the other guys from getting there so that when it gets later in the game, now maybe if we tighten up on the one guy, the other guys are a little bit out of rhythm because they just have been kind of more watching than offense, you know? I feel it's the same way with the with the Westbrook energy. He provides them so much that the other guys are just don't don't even know what to do. He's so he's such a force of nature that when he's not there, I think they're all like, "Oh, what's happening?" Or I'm not saying it was like a tight thing, but like they just, I mean, to the degree that none of them <laughs> looks like how many players we have to keep going through. That guy was off. This guy was off. That guy was off. Other than Ish Smith, and I, I think to some degree Beal was reasonable considering everything. I mean, Gafford was fine, but he was in foul trouble too much. Like I just think that this is the I mean I don't have to tell Fred this this is the Russell Westbrook show it is all him all the time it's been great for six weeks or however long this has been but on nights like this when he's not there and then on top of it Bradley Beal's not a hundred percent and nobody else can do anything then you're just you're you're, you're just off I, I will say this uh, I'm, uh, I'll I don't know what you guys think. It, this is not just about this next game, about the Wizards making the playoffs. This is potentially about the entire direction of what's about to happen. Because if they lose this game to Indiana, I mean, I think it's pretty reasonable. I would imagine they're making a coaching change. Scott Brooks's contract is up. They win, they get to the next series, and if they play like they have for the last six weeks, where I'm not saying they would beat Philly, but let's just say it's reasonable, maybe they stay. I mean, it is a massive game, I think, on, on – uh, on Thursday, all this may have gone for not if they blow this. 
do you think there should be that much on it? Like, they've played such good basketball lately. They've figured some things out, obviously, with Russell Westbrook. They've unlocked Bradley Beal to a level that he's never reached. And they're doing it all with a supporting cast that really isn't very great. Like, you look at it, it's like Daniel Gafford was a nothing in Chicago. Bertans can really shoot, but not for half this season. Like It's Raul Neto. It's cast off Alex Len. It's young guy Rui Achimura. It's like, I think if Brooks is gone, it won't be a fair shake for him, even though I understand like the... The desire to push him in a different direction. You're, you are teeing Ben up. I can. I just want to say. I just want to say we're doing this with video for the listeners, and and he, I can his actually, face is red right now. It, I can. It is I can actually red. see. I can actually see through Ben's skull right now, and I can. I can. I can see the sparks in his brain right now, just formulating. <laughs> Ben, retort. I feel like I have to tell you to speak today. Well, Normally, you know, I have to I'm tell not, you to stop. I, you know, there's, there's a lot of people. I'm used to it. I'm used to a one-on-one game. You know, I'm not used to playing a you know, playing a zone here. Uh, the um, uh, it's it, it, yes, they've played well over the last 20 games, but it's been five years of some good, but a lot of frustration. And I think to me, it all comes down to well, there's other big factors that the Celtics listeners here don't need to worry about in terms of how ownership views the world and are they really trying to win a title or are they trying to get the eight seed and things like that? What's the standard approach? But I would just say in a brawl park sense, you have Russell Westbrook for the next two years and you have to make a determination what's the best way to maximize this and simultaneously not piss off Bradley Beal that he wants a trade. There's no sign that Beal wants out, but you can mess that up. So my, my question would be, <laughs> on the assumption that they're not really trying to play for a title. They'll say they are, but they're not completely going there full-throated. Does Scott Brooks maximize Westbrook? Tonight he didn't. If they, if you think he can and you give him a two-year deal to stay through the Westbrook's contract, I get it. But if we're really just talking in isolation of all that, it's been five years and it's been so many of the things we're talking about tonight are just the same things we've seen over time, rotation, up and down performances. Yes, the 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 uh, the talent is not completely there, but you know, don't we normally blame the coach when a team comes out with a performance like that, even if it's unfair? I mean, that's this is a big game and they looked pretty flat. So um, it isn't just this one game, and I'm not discounting the last twenty, but it's been a, a couple, a few years of a lot of <laughs> a lot of things that would it, watching them on a day to day basis would make me think it's reasonable to consider, if not actually make a make a move if they don't progress past uh, Thursday. For How the Celtics, it's oh. on to the Nets. On to the Nets, yes. who they probably have no chance of beating. But Kyrie Irving has not played in front of fans in Boston since leaving the Celtics. It is going to be electric in Game 3. Absolutely. We got some electric. F Kyrie Irving chance at late uh, in the fourth quarter of this oh, game. Yeah. We also got some uh, Russ, you suck chance that I just thought were kind of unnecessary. I don't know why the uh, Boston faithful was angry at Russ, but... It's going to be interesting to see what Kyrie does. If they make it to a game four, I think the garden will be full capacity. And so they'll be able to witness the Celtics losing the, their fourth straight game to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, but it's going to be an exciting uh, purpose. I guess that's my question for all of you guys is like, was this playing game fun considering the Nets are like, or the Celtics are likely just going to go into lose to the Nets. And then the Wizards, if they prevail, 
I don't think, especially if Bradley Beal's hurt, have any chance of beating the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Like, we're talking about this, like, very make-or-break things, but is this just a sideshow for these two, two, two teams to get absolutely worked in the first round? Yes. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I also felt like, like maybe just Jason Tatum saved it with a really memorable outing. But, like, for one of the few times in the last however many weeks – like the Celtic season felt like it mattered a little bit. And I I think that was just probably just because Tatum went off for 50. And if he had done anything short of that, probably we don't, I don't come away from that game thinking that, but like you could still see greatness on any given night. And I think that's, that's what's cool about sports is that like in a season gone wrong with Jalen Brown on the sideline with a cast over his left wrist with Robert Williams trying and failing to come back after an injury, like with the Nets waiting to probably stomp on the Celtics, like for one night, all of that was somewhat forgotten because Jason Tatum went nuts and scored 50 points in a playing game, basically like a playoff environment. And so, yeah, the Celtics will be fodder for the Nets, but I also felt like, Tatum kind of salvaged that game and to me at least sitting there in the stadium and seeing the fans wait for Tatum you know for a couple minutes while he gave his walk-off interview it it, the Celtics season felt like it mattered for the first time in a little while so your job became important again that's really you're just really focusing in on yourself here that's really what it's always all about well Ben let me go to you like does this does the Wizards winning or beating the Pacers on Thursday make a big difference to like you talk about a lot of the things with the coaching and Scott Brooks over five years? If they win on Thursday and then get smoked by the Sixers, are, do you have a better outlook on what happened this Wizards season, or is it just uh, you know all the same issues are still there, but they happen to win that eight seed? Yeah, I mean, you would obviously give them a lot of credit, as I would now, that they you know rallied to the degree that they did. I mean, if they, if they somehow lose to Indiana, but the performance is more akin to what we saw the last month, you could at least feel a little bit better about that. If they're flat like they were tonight, that would be a lot more disheartening, and I think it would take away a lot of the shine from this situation. I guess, like I said, it's all relative. Like, Boston, you guys have been in the position to contend for the East title for the last few years. So right now this is a, a bit of a downturn, but you're hoping, obviously, with Jalen Brown comes back next year and Jason Tatum ascending and all that, that you guys can be back in that spot. For the Wizards, <laughs> even with everything that they have, even if Westbrook and Beal are playing at full level, realistically, like, what, what's their ceiling? The sixth seed? Like, their ceiling isn't that high right now. So it's a, it's just a matter of, and you can't get rid of Westbrook, even if you wanted to start over. And this is why I kept saying there's no point in trading Beal. You might as well lean into having Westbrook. So, like, you have these two guys. You hope for the best you can. And and you hope that guys like Hachimura improve to move uh, forward. I, it, I think to some degree they are just held hostage by the circumstance. They were held hostage with John Wall, and they traded him. They got a better player. That's the best they could do. But now they're held hostage with Westbrook until this contract's over. That I don't think their ceiling can be unless somebody has a massive leap we don't see. Their ceiling is like I said, the six seed, the five seed, and hope for the best. And uh, <laughs> I mean, for some fans, that'll be fine. At least it's entertaining right now because Westbrook is good. Other people are just gonna be like, eh, I mean, we've seen this already, and it's not even as exciting as it was 
a few years ago with Wall and Beal when they seemed to have a real chance, like when the last time they played they played you guys. So, um, you know, I, I look at it probably different than Fred, who's more optimistic. I've lived through this my whole life and I've seen this go on and on, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay, I, uh, sure, I guess we'll see what happens. Ben could not stand for that. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh God! All right, we got we got to wrap this up because Jay has just made the exact same pun that didn't work the first time. Trying it again. <laughs> I use a different part of his name this time, you know. Uh, you tried. All right, the way we normally wrap up our show is a segment I called. Ben the pu- said that pun. I hate you so much. Uh, the <laughs> we wrap up our show with a segment called the Potable wait, Six. Wait, pack. why don't to uh, before before real quick? Why don't you guys plug to to my listeners uh, your show and your stuff? Sure. This is Anything is Potable. It's the show, greatest show about the Boston Celtics. Uh, it's Jay and I, where Jay gives the uh, journalistic perspective because he is a very much a professional, and I am a, an irrational Celtics green Kool-Aid drinking um, idiot. And we kind of come together and really try to uh, figure out what's going on. And Jay, of course, is a, the great beat reporter for uh, the Boston Celtics and the Athletic. Lovely. You did a great job. Thank you. I'll I'm totally not... listen. And a hero. Don't forget I'm a hero. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> All right. So what we do on Anything is Potable, on every episode, we do something called the Potable Six Pack, where we do a snake draft and choose uh, the six things that were either uh, most important in the game or just random things that uh, we noticed that we thought we needed to be talked about. Uh, being at the game myself, I just saw a lot of people on Twitter complaining about Marv Albert. Like If that was something that was very key – to your viewing of the game or your understanding of the game, that is a very good pick in the potable six pack. I guess we'll turn it into a potable eight pack because we'll, each of us will get two picks. And so, Fred, there literally are no rules. It's just if so, uh, I'm asking you just what's one thing that stood out to you, you will get the first pick in this potable eight pack. What's the first thing or something that's most memorable about this Celtics Wizards game? All right, I am drafting. Uh... Um, no rules, so I'm going way out of the the box. I'm gonna draft something that's half from this game and half from the Hornets game, and I'm 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 drafting the TNT audio quality, which was a disaster. What are they doing? I understand the broadcasters aren't in the arena, but how is it possible that that audio sounds like this podcast? It's just <laughs> it's just crazy. It sounds like. It sounds like the announcers are doing a podcast over the game and you can't hear the arena. It's just wild. I can't believe TNT couldn't fix that for either game. Done. Yeah. It was like watching the game on Twitch or something. It was very odd. Right. A, yeah. Very weird. It was disorienting. And I feel like Marv Alberts really lost his fastball. Apparently, he just couldn't say Aaron Neesmith's name. Like, he kept on calling him Marcus Smart or someone else. And so the combination of the two things. Uh, yeah, Marv's, all... Marv's, Marv's a legend. I'm not uh, not not critiquing him. Just the, Oh, uh, well, uh, well, I am, but that's not going to be my pick. audio, people. All right, Ben, uh, you, you all can uh, take your first pick now in the second round. Uh, well, Fred went kind of where I would have gone if I was going to go with the sort of the silly take. So I'll just go. I mean, the game was lost. The Wizards were up eight with like less than two minutes to go in the second quarter. And then with like four minutes left in the third quarter, they were already down like 10. That That's six, five minute stretch of the game 
is where from the Wizards perspective, it all went wrong. And again, I just think like at that point, Ish Smith was the only thing kind of really sustaining the Wizards. And obviously that's not a thing that's going to work over time. And they just Westbrook and Beal just never quite hit that gear. And that that six minute stretch, they get five or six minute stretch, they just could not overcome. So from the Wizards perspective, I guess I'll take that draft that segment as the, uh, the, 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 the the worst part of the game for them. Jay, you're up. I'm going to go with Jason Tatum's the shot he hit over Ish Smith, where he leaned in and was like just smoking hot in the third quarter. Leaned in, tried to draw a foul, like didn't even try to shoot his own shot. Went hunting for a foul, didn't get the foul, but somehow threw in a ridiculous, impossible shot. So I'm going to take that one. And then I got to go. I got to finish my story. I'm sorry, guys. I love you all. Well, thank you, Jay King. Uh, <laughs> you can read that story on The Athletic. And if you want to subscribe to The Athletic, you can go to theathletic.com slash anything is potable. I'll take over. I'll make many a picks. Um, my first pick is going to have to be just Ish Smith. I knew it was going to happen. Uh, he's a classic Celtics killer, and he's just – really kept the Wizards in the game at the start of the second quarter. And that was just uh, before the game, I, I tweeted about how Ish Smith was clearly going to go off. He was the really the – he's a, and I know if he played for the Celtics, he'd be awful. But for some reason, he kills the Celtics. My second pick, since I guess we're coming around the horn here doing a snake-style draft, Kemba Walker was quite good. Uh, knocked down a number of threes. Uh, I think we even got a Walker wiggle, a shimmy after his third three. He's been – very good over the final two weeks of the season, and he didn't play back-to-backs for the entire year so he could be healthy in these playoffs, and it seems like that uh, strategy worked out for him. And so I just have to give him credit for, one, knocking down a number of threes, two, dancing a little bit and just having a constant smile. Uh, that's what Kemba Walker uh, generally does. And I have to give an honorable mention to some guy sitting below me in the balcony who at one point Kemba Walker was at the foul line, and he just screamed out, Kemba Walker, class of 2011. I was there too, buddy. I was there too. Go Huskies. And so I thought that was just a a fantastic moment for – it's just the little things you forget about uh, when you're uh, in the arena. So I'm going to have to give give that guy some uh, some flowers too. Um, (laughs) All right, so I guess it's uh, my my turn. Um, So we talked about obviously the Wizards couldn't stop Jason Tatum at all. I'm going to plagiarize my own Twitter account just to say – they maybe couldn't stop Tatum, but they did hold uh, Kel- Kelly Olynyk scoreless. So that, that 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 was good. You don't know what Kelly Olynyk did tonight in the Kamloops, British Columbia area. He could have been scoring left and right. Uh, you know, good good for him if he was. But at least against the Wizards, he uh, he was held in check. Uh, I'm taking the three center rotation that the Wizards run because I I expected them to continue it tonight. I did. There were no signs they were going to go away from it. But Alex Lim was a minus 15 in 12 minutes, and that passed the eye test. Um, you know, I I wonder, part of me wonders what they're going to do against Indiana, but most of me knows that, like, they're going to start Len again, and they're going to use the three-center rotation because they have just continually done that. And Brooks has shown no signs of wanting to get away from it. All how he handles it, uh, you know, slight edits to it. Sometimes Gafford will be the second center to come in. Now Gafford will close more, more than the other two guys. But for the most part, it's pretty much the same thing in concept. And 
I think Glenn is going to keep playing. And, you know, normally you go to the playoffs and you cut your rotation, right? And, you know, Beal and Westbrook would have played more minutes tonight. So that's a little something. But for the most part, they just they did not cut their rotation. I mean, they still went with 10 guys. They still went with three centers. Uh, there's and, and 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 maybe look, maybe it would have been a little bit different because of the foul trouble. You know, Hachimura had the fouls and all that, but like you're starting Len, he's your third center. You're signaling you're gonna play three centers. So uh you know, I just just not cutting your rotation in the playoffs is it's not really a thing, but but it was today. I mean, Brad Stevens did a little bit of the same thing when we got eight to nine minutes of Shemi Ojale in the first half. That did not go well. Luckily, Brad made some adjustments uh, for me, a Celtics fan down the uh, down the half or down down the half down the stretch. I think I was trying to say in the second half. Um, now it's normally a time where I just unload random uh, observations I had during the game that didn't weren't good enough to um, uh, merit a pick on the potable six pack, uh, but. I'm trying to think. Basically, it's just the, they all just have to do with the the Celtics being hurt. Kem, uh, Robert Williams got hurt, and I don't think he'll necessarily be back, which makes it really difficult for the Celtics to do anything against the Nets. Marcus Smart looked hurt. Uh, Bradley Beal uh, looked hobbled the entire game. It wasn't the prettiest of basketball games out there tonight. It was a lot of ugly stretches, and especially in the fourth quarter when it was a fouls uh, fouls galore. But uh, the Celtics get the win. Jason Tatum scores 50 points. And the Wizards will be back to play the Indiana Pacers on Thursday night. And I'm assuming Wizards After Dark will be back as well. Wizards After Dark will be back. New episode. I'm doing post-game shows now. I said it on the last one. Post-game shows for all the playoffs and the play-in the whole the postseason. So if they went on Thursday, they'll continue into the Sixers series. So look out for Thursday night's episode. Am I on that one? Ben, you're not leaving. I've got I've got Ben captive. What you can't see is that around Ben is essentially a cage and he gets to communicate with other people only after wizards games via podcast. Well, all I can say is Westbrook better bring the energy because I feed off him as well. If he's, if it's not, (laughs) if he's not better than tonight, you're not going to get much out of me. That's all I can say. All right. Well, we, we hope that Westbrook brings the energy so you can, uh, feed off of that and just survive the cage that Fred has you in. I hope I can get out of the TD garden. It is 1.50 a.m. I do not know what I'm still doing here. But Jay and I will be later uh, back later in the week to break down and preview the entire net series. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the pod, please subscribe. Rate it five stars. Do all the things podcast hosts tell you to do. Uh, do that for Wizards After Dark as well if you want all your Wizards coverage. And thank you guys for listening to this episode of Anything is possible!